Chapter 14 of the romance novel Good Enough. This chapter is called Roast Chicken and Gravy. Eva arrived into Shannon Airport on a damp Irish August Friday morning. Although it was wet and slightly misty, it held some promise of a good day ahead as the sun was making watery efforts to burn its way through. Signs of welcome to Bunratty, Limerick, Charleville and Mallow Town all whizzed by until finally she parked outside her home in Douglas. It felt strange to turn the key in her door and enter into quietness. It was still early and she had a few hours before the children would come home from their grand's house at noon. She busied herself by doing some laundry, then had a coffee and began to look through the post half-heartedly. She was dying to see the kids, but not wanting to put pressure on Mary to bring them over sooner than agreed, she resisted the temptation to call them. Time seemed to move even more slowly when all you wanted to do was hurry up. Being alone in the house made her feel sad. This was it. This was her life now. No partner delighted to see her and welcome her home with a big hug. Well, when they did arrive, the buzz of the children soon dissipated any negative feelings. Overwhelmed with love, she wrapped her arms around them tightly and bear hugged them both. She had missed them so much and they her. Luke was delighted with his new gadget and as always, it wasn't long before he was running out the door to call to his friends and play on the green. Hannah stayed around for a while, chattering about all the things she had done on the farm with her gran. It sounded like she'd had a lovely time. She asked loads of questions too. And it was lovely that she was interested to hear about the places that Eva had visited and to see the things that she had bought and was hoping to sell in her shop. Hannah, of course, praised everything, which was truly sweet of her. As if an eight-year-old would have any interest in a bit of pottery, Eva thought, but it just showed how eager Hannah was to make her mum happy. Mary stayed long enough to brew up a pot of tea and Eva tucked into a slice of her freshly baked brown bread, smothered in butter and homemade blackberry jam. Hannah had helped to pick the berries and to make the jam too. It wasn't long before it was time for tea and Eva rooted around in the freezer and pulled out pizza, oven chips and garlic bread. The healthy eating would have to wait one more day as she just couldn't face the thought of going to the supermarket. After tea, the kids headed out to play with their friends again and Eva decided to give online shopping another go. Feeling very satisfied with her second grocery shop ordered, Eva had yet another mug of coffee and a chocolate hobnob. There was nothing quite like the melted chocolate after a quick dunk in the coffee the lovely crunch of the oatmeal base of the biscuit. With the early morning journey beginning to catch up on her, she called the kids in for a bath before hitting the sack. She slept well and even better, knowing that in the morning groceries would be delivered and that it would be one less thing for her to do for the week ahead. Saturday morning was spent trying to muster some enthusiasm to do a bit of housework. The house was badly in need of dusting and vacuuming. And while Hannah did help out eagerly enough at the start, it wasn't long before her enthusiasm waned and she ran off outside to play with her friends. Eva soon tired of the housework herself too. And by lunchtime, she was eager to go down to the store for a peek at how the last couple of weeks had changed things. On the pretext of, visit, of a visit to the park, that's what they did. There was nobody on site as it was a Saturday afternoon. So Eva peered through the windows alongside the children who were up on their tippy toes, straining for a look. It didn't look to her like much had changed at all. Feeling a little dismayed, she headed to the park with the kids 
and while they played, she called Vivian to invite her over later. Viv, however, couldn't make it as she had a date, but she promised to come over the next day for tea. Eva had detected a bit of hesitancy in Viv's voice and couldn't make out what could be up with her. They returned home and Eva made a homemade lasagna for dinner with a green salad. Later, she opened a bottle of white wine and threw herself down on the couch in front of a movie for the evening. Thinking about Viv and her date made her thoughts wander to Sebastian. Had he replied to her email yet, she wondered, but she still hadn't set up her email on her phone and was too comfortable to extricate herself into going to check her laptop. That could wait until morning, she decided, as Hannah joined her on the couch and the pair of them cuddled up as Eva poured herself another glass of wine. Sunday was a lion morning and Eva found it nigh on impossible to get out of the bed. Eventually, dragging herself downstairs still in pyjamas and dressing gown, she sat on the couch with a mug of coffee, flicking through interior magazines, while the kids happily munched cereal in front of cartoon TV. Alan called over to take the kids out at lunchtime, and Eva finally got dressed and started to seriously look through her mail and emails. There was an email notification from the warehouse that her shipment from Paris had arrived, but nothing from Sebastian. The thought of her crates sitting safely in a warehouse in Cork gave her a warm, excited feeling. Coats had arrived for fitting out the shop, and they were fairly competitive with each of them being in and around the same price, which didn't make it any easier to pick out one out of them all. Eventually decided to have a closer look at the one with the nicest name. Well, how else would you choose, she thought. She should probably ask for references, she decided. But if they did furnish her with details of some satisfied clients, then the job would probably be theirs. This thought led her on to thinking again about the name for her own shop. What the hell was she going to call it? It was important. She wanted it to be cool and modern, but at the same time speak for itself. Habitat would of course have been perfect, but she couldn't really rip that off. She could always be cheeky and call it Habitat 2 or something. Casa was already taken. And then there were the cool surname pairings that somehow managed to become synonymous with household furnishings. Her married surname, White and Co, sounded more like a solicitor's office than home furnishings. And with her maiden name, Murphy, being more suited to a bar, she decided to leave the surnames out of the equation. Her search for a store name was interrupted by a phone call from Viv to cancel the arrangement to come over for tea. She wasn't feeling the best after a heavy night out and was spending the day recovering. Eva wasn't too put out, as she was so engrossed in the task of finding a name for her shop. House stuff, homeware, and decorate it were a few of Viv's suggestions. Writing these on a sheet of paper and drawing a blank, Eva realised that she would need some proper help for this decision too, as it was really important and needed to be decided soon. There were only a few more days left in August, so in reality, she needed the name by the end of the week if she was going to have a sign-up and stationery and bags and business cards all printed up in time for opening. She thought about asking the children to come up with 10 possible names, and also Elaine and Fiona, but then if she didn't pick any of them, she could end upset upsetting them. Well, the children anyway. She didn't really want the expense of enlisting a marketing company, but maybe she should. That got her thinking about other things like PR tasks, like advertising, media announcements, and an official launch. Who would organize all that and how? Maybe she should hire a professional after all. 
she often had flyers coming through her own letterbox. And that was probably another effective way of making her new business known, but would have to look right and have some kind of logo. She went to bed, tossing and turning about it, and by morning had made up her mind to hire a PR company or image designer or whatever they were called to come up with a name, image and marketing or launch strategy. No messing. This was going to be done properly. Eva was up and dressed and the kids were still in bed when Helen arrived to babysit at 8.30 on Monday morning. With Helen in charge of the house, Eva headed for her study and prioritised her tasks for the day on a sheet of a notebook and as an afterthought, added school shoes to the list of things to do. Helen would be finishing up at three o'clock and if Eva didn't get the shoes sorted out pronto, they wouldn't have any for going back to school on Thursday. As usual, she had put off the school shopping until the last minute. She remembered when cluelessly getting ready to send Luke to big school for the first time, how she had gone into town in search of school shirts for him with a week to go, only to be informed at one particular chain store that they were sold out of his size. Wouldn't be ordering more. And didn't she know that people had been shopping for school since June? So here she was once again with days to go and all to organise. Who were these people who shopped for school stuff in June? She wondered, surmising that they probably did their Christmas shopping in September. The summer had absolutely flown by for the kids. They were after a week in West Cork with her and a week with their dad while she was in Paris. They'd had 10 days on the farm at their grand's and sports camp. So they hadn't done badly at all, but it had whizzed by all the same. Eva would have loved to book a week in the sun for them in October as they used to do every year, but that wasn't going to be practical this year unless Alan was going to take them. Hardly with his new girlfriend in tow, she thought cynically, and she wouldn't allow that for the kids anyway. Thinking about her own suggestion of a break with Elaine, she decided to look into a shopping trip to New York at the end of November. If they went for just a few days or a long weekend, that would have to do if they could manage it. But for now, it was back to her lists. By 10 o'clock, Eva emerged from her office eager for a coffee and in a hurry to make a 10.30 appointment at the shop fitters. She had reluctantly inquired about work references on the phone and was pleasantly reassured with a positive reply and the impression that they were readily available. On arrival, she was made to feel very important as she was led into a very comfortable office to go through her plans. The meeting took ages, but she was extremely impressed. They were able to input the shop dimensions from her blueprints onto a computer and within minutes were able to give her a virtual tour of what could be the layout of her new store. At the click and drag of a mouse, shelves were repositioned, desks were relocated and light fittings were changed. She dictated what she wanted until finally the plans were just right. She had gone for white shelving in various arrangements with some display being rows of shelves fitted to the wall and others being more boxy type dividing units and also decided on brass and glass light fittings. Two and a half hours later, she finished the meeting and left extremely satisfied after her morning's work. With the printouts of the shop fittings and blueprints crammed into her maroon leather satchel, she felt quite the important businesswoman. Lunch was a hastily bought cappuccino from a sandwich bar and a chicken and stuffing sandwich on brown bread to take away. Talking into it, she swore under her breath when a chunk of chicken fell onto her lap as she attempted to eat while driving home. Her trousers were dry clean only and were now decorated with a nice greasy mayonnaise stain. At home again, she quickly changed into a pair of white skinny jeans, 
with a white cotton sleeveless top and a pair of raffia wedges. Her tan had developed since her trips to France and Cape Cod, and she was now golden brown and the picture of health. Flicking through pages of search results on her laptop, she took note of some numbers for PR companies and image consultants, but time was getting away from her. And for now, priorities had to change from business to a school bag and shoe finding expedition. With the children under instruction to get ready for a dash into town, she quickly checked out some of the references for the shop fitters and any hesitation to do business with them was rapidly wiped away after a couple of positive telephone calls. School shoes were located in town without too much difficulty, and after picking out some new school shirts and school bags, they went to Milano for pizza for their tea. On Tuesday, she made a return visit to the shop fitters, where she went over the final adjustments to the shop layout and the dimensions for the storage units. It was amazing to get such a clear idea of what the store would look like from the computer images. While she had always emphasised that they would have to be ready to start in the first week of September, the last minute planning changes necessitated a few days more for materials to be organised, but they promised her faithfully that they would be ready to commence work on the following Monday. A couple of days more wasn't going to make that much difference. And now that she had a good idea of what the end result would be, she was happy enough to wait for them to start work the following week. On Wednesday, she spent the afternoon browsing the web for ideas about PR and image consultancy and looked at some of the websites of the more well-known Irish interior stores. Returning to the Google searches, again, she narrowed down her choice to three. A recommendation would have been better, but she didn't know who to ask for one and didn't have time either. It was going to be a bit of potluck what company she would end up with. And she picked three companies whose ads were simple but with names that she liked. Her logic was that if the ads weren't too flashy, then they wouldn't be the most expensive. Yet again, she found herself choosing something by the name and it brought home to her how important it would be to get her own business name right. Having made appointments with the PR companies, she was delighted to receive a phone call from her own solicitor informing her that the developers had been in contact with instructions that she could take occupancy of the store at the end of the week. She hadn't gone near the place since peering through the window the previous Saturday and would wait one more day until she got the key so that the next time she went for a look, she could open the door herself. With no grocery shopping done since her delivery on the previous Friday, the cupboards were looking decidedly raided and they were badly in need of a restock. With the need for back to school lunch supplies for the following day, Luke and Hannah reluctantly joined her on a grocery run. They helped to overfill a trolley and to do all the necessary loading and unloading. Frustrated at the sheer waste of time, Eva vowed to get into a habit of doing a regular online shop every week before the cupboards were bare. Exhausted after putting everything away, she opened a bottle of Shiraz as a stone-baked, chia batter-based chili chicken pizza heated up in the oven. Viv called over unexpectedly and joined her in drinking a large glass of the peppery wine. Well, what's new with you, Viv? How are things? Eva asked. Good? Yeah, not too bad. Just good? Eva teased. Well, no, actually they're great. Viv couldn't help herself beaming. Is it the new man? Come on, spill. Oh, Eva, I feel a bit weird about this and I wanted to tell you before you went to the States, but I didn't because I didn't know how things would pan out. And anyway, what are you on about? Well, 
like I said, I wasn't sure how things would go. And because you were so busy, I, I couldn't find the right way to tell you, but I have to tell you now. Tell me what? Eva was completely clueless. But it's the guy. You see, you know him. You know who it is. Viv said, using a serious tone. Eva froze, and a flash of Alan came into her mind. Couldn't be. She was silent for a moment as the colour drained from her body. What? Who is it? It's Daniel, Viv replied a little hesitantly. Daniel! Eva gasped and then half laughed. You're joking me. No, seriously, Eva. We swapped numbers after the barbecue you had earlier in the summer, and then I bumped into him another time coming over here, and he just asked me out. So we've had a few dates since then, and he's really, really nice. Eva had just about steadied herself. Yes, he is, Viv, really nice. I never thought, I mean, I never would have guessed. So you and Daniel, hmm. Yep, well, sure, we'll see how it goes. I hope you don't mind, Eva. Of course I don't mind, she lied impeccably. Actually, we're heading off to Westport this weekend together, and I just can't wait. Isn't it a bit soon? Eva's words flew out of her mouth before she could stop them, and she even surprised herself with the acidity of her tone. Soon? Eva, you sound like a nun. I mean, talk about pot and kettle. After your shenanigans in France after a couple of days, aren't you getting very pious all of a sudden? Vivian just laughed off Eva's query and hadn't picked up on the undertones. Swiftly changing the topic of conversation to her business and back to school stuff, it wasn't until Viv was long gone that Eva realised that she was a little bit jealous of Viv being with Daniel. What is wrong with me? Why am I feeling jealous? It's not like I have any interest in myself. A little confused by how she did actually feel, it took her a while to decide firmly that he was just a friend and she would always see him like that. Could she not have fallen for someone else though? Thursday was the first day back at school for the kids and the day disappeared between school runs and boring paperwork. With the kids back at school, Eva felt the need to feed them properly and to lay off on the all too frequent pizzas for a while. For dinner, she cooked up a roast chicken with thyme and parsley bread stuffing, roast potatoes and gravy. With the first day of school over and no homework to do, they all put their feet up after dinner and watched a back-to-back double-repeat episode of Modern Family. Eva kept thinking about Viv and Daniel, though, and after a while, she began to get more used to the idea. She was feeling a little foolish about her earlier reaction and wasn't sure if Viv had picked up on how she had really felt. When the kids were in bed later, Eva decided to give her a call. She told her how happy she was for her and that she hoped things would go well with Daniel. After wishing her all the best for a great weekend away together, she explained that her less than supportive first reaction earlier on had been because she had been taken completely by surprise, and she hoped she didn't sound too pathetic. When she sat down and thought about it later, Eva knew that Viv couldn't have picked a more decent bloke, and she genuinely hoped that it would work out for them. It did leave her feeling a bit lonely, though, at the thought that her best friend and Daniel would be heading off for a romantic weekend together and that she had nobody. The empty feeling stayed with her when she woke the following morning 
and had nothing to do with Viv and Daniel having a romance. It was more the reality of being alone without someone to truly share her own life with that was dragging her down. A year ago, even six months ago, she'd been as happy as Larry, wherever Larry was, and now she was feeling blue. After dropping the children to school on Friday, Eva picked up the keys for the store from the developer and let herself in. She was familiar with every inch of it now and could visualize what the final layout would be like. There was still so much to do to complete it and just for a minute she felt overwhelmed facing it on her own. Working from her study at home, she decided to go ahead and start advertising for staff. Feeling ravenous by lunchtime, she heated up pita bread in the toaster and then stuffed it full of grated cheddar, sliced tomatoes and chopped spring onions and scoffed the whole lot with a cup of tea. Looking through her lists later on, and with an hour to go before picking up the children from school, a sudden pang of panic gripped her. Effort, she moaned loudly. Oh no, she sighed. And she sank her face into her hands and shook her head with her eyes firmly closed for the next minute. She had forgotten about the bloody flooring. Why the hell hadn't she copped it first thing this morning? After spending weeks in July visiting suppliers, she had decided on exactly what she wanted, but she'd forgotten to order it. She had been so busy, busy visiting warehouses, trying to decide on light fittings and planning the layout, and they had all taken precedence, and she'd completely forgotten about the floor. It was such a basic thing that she couldn't understand how she could have forgotten. There was no point in crying about it now. She even had pricing details and all she had needed to do was to get the place measured up. But she had disappeared off to West Cork and forgotten all about it. Another rummaged through her lists found the supplier's details and with a begging phone call and a bribe of payment up front, she managed to persu persuade them to squeeze her in to measure up the floor later on that evening. There would, however, be a knock-on effect and it meant that the shop fitters would have to be put back for at least a week. She dreaded messing them around, having put them under pressure to start as soon as they could. But they were great and didn't give her any hassle at all. She picked the kids up from school and brought them for ice cream and then over to the store to meet the floor guy. Luke and Hannah were delighted to get a peek at the store, but the novelty of it soon wore off as it was just an empty shell. After waiting almost an hour for the measuring guy to show up, they were well and truly bored and getting on each other's nerves. Usually when their whinging got to her, she would try to placate them, but today, today she just told them firmly to shut up. With the measuring done, the price was agreed and a fitter arranged for the following Monday morning. Eva would be able to enjoy her weekend now, knowing that everything was under control again. All going well, she should still be on schedule if the shop fitters came as they'd rearranged to do for the following week. Hannah and Luke were somewhat disgruntled after being told to shut up by their mother and were hassling her for a trip to McDonald's as they were starving. Instead, she let them starve all the way home and amazingly enough, they didn't keel over until she rustled up some scrambled eggs on toast. After their tea, the kids hadn't much time to pack their bags for the weekend before Alan called to pick them up. They were throwing their last few bits together when he arrived and Eva invited him into the kitchen to wait for them. 
It was so weird to have him now as a visitor in his own home. How are things? Eva inquired politely. Not too bad, Eva, and yourself? All right, would you like a coffee or something? No, you're grand. Right, so I'll just go and hurry them up. And that was the extent of their conversation. Did he feel as awkward as he looked, she wondered, as she went upstairs to escape. Eva knew that they had nothing to say to each other that could be said when the kids were around, and making small talk was torturous. Returning back downstairs again to hunt for Luke's trainers, Anna was still standing where she had left him in the kitchen, looking even more uncomfortable. He seemed to be agitated and was sort of wringing his hands. Eva, look, I, I, I wanted to say that I'm sorry about what happened, and I wondered if we could talk sometime, he asked quietly. Oh? Eva was completely taken aback and didn't know what to say. Yeah, there's some stuff that I want to tell you and... Ready! Luke shouted as he came, bounding down the stairs. Right so, Eva replied, going out to say goodbye and to give him a hug. Hannah was making her way slowly down the stairs after him and was a bit teary-eyed to leave. Alan didn't say anything more and headed off with the two of them, leaving Eva a little perplexed. What, she wondered, had he wanted to say? She cleared up the dishes in the kitchen and then sat on the couch to relax in front of the TV with a cup of coffee. Dunking a fun-sized aero chocolate bar into the coffee, she savoured the melting chocolate as it warmly coated the inside of her mouth.